Hello, I'm Thomas Cam, and this is Making Tracks Podcast, where I explore the life story behind a song with the artist that wrote it. Thank you for joining me on this journey into the meaning of music. Today I'm talking to Rizik, who's an instrumental artist from Los Angeles, and we're talking about his track, Alone Together Panorama, which is a neoclassical piano piece. And it's a really interesting conversation because we found some parallels in our life paths. Both of us come from uh, traditionally conservative cultures, my Chinese background and his Palestinian parents, and we discuss the pressures put on him by his Palestinian parents pushing him into a career in digital marketing. And both of us left a conventional path to become musicians. In my case, philosophy, politics and economics at Oxford, and in his case, this career in digital marketing. And this dual perspective as marketer and musician gives him a unique perspective on both of these. We're also discussing uh, the impact of instrumental music, the way that we can often lose faith in our dreams, the fraud, complex, and feeling shame about calling yourself an artist. My favorite kinds of music have always been by electronic instrumentalist artists. Uh, mm-hmm. The one that first comes to mind was someone I, has, I had the pl- privilege of working with professionally on the, on the marketing side was DJ Shadow. That was the mm-hmm. first artist that was like, you can do what with sounds? You know, yeah. you, can, you can do what with, with chopping, you know, different samples and bring them together. And I've always just kind of gravitated towards what instrumental music can do because it is still a conversation. But what I like about mm-hmm. instrumental music is that it's far more interpretive. You know, if you're singing about love mm-hmm. and loss or, you know, anything that has direct lyrical content, Yes, it's, it can still still be interpretive. You know, you can still apply mm-hmm. it to your own life. But for the most part, like there are kind of defined parameters. You know, but mm-hmm. with instrumental music, it really is a journey within your own mind. And depending on how you're feeling that day, depending on how you know your outlook is in general of life, you know, like instrumental music mm-hmm. can speak to different people in different ways. And of course, music is that you know cliched universal language. I really do like the yeah. idea of instrumental music being that much more universal. Like it can mean yeah. very different things to very different people. Well, I think music, and like all mediums, but particularly with music, is it's an interpretive process. So when we conceive of and experience things, there's always this uh, relationship between uh, matter, material, and then mind, and then meaning. Mm-hmm. And um, different types of communication access that at different levels. And so, obviously, when we speak to each other, when we're speaking to each other now quite a lot of that is about language there's an element of context but you know that's very meaning to meaning but actually when you're communicating through purely musical stuff I think in many ways you are you're bypassing that whole mechanism and um and that's that's really interesting because as a as a songwriter I tend to be wanting to be a bit um not a control freak but you know I I like to have some kind of control over the meaning and the storytelling um but but I can also see in some of the instrumental stuff well certainly that you do and that i do as well it unlocks something different totally and at the same time like look a lot when i mentioned a lot of my favorite artists a lot of them have lyrics on it you know um mm-hmm. and i find myself singing in the car we all do right sing in the shower sure. whatever but whenever like i hear instrumental music that really moves me i go inward i feel like when i'm singing i'm belting mm-hmm. outward right i'm expressing to the world how i feel sort of thing but when i when there's certain artists uh, ones that come to mind are like John Hopkins, Nils Fromm, Oliver Arnold, sure. DJ Shadow, mm. Bonobo, Tycho, like these kinds of people who I found early. You know, it's funny, the way I discovered a lot of these artists was, you know, Pandora way back in the day while I was in college just working and then a lot of this background music really spoke to me and I felt Mm. so strange because I was trying to come up in the music industry and everyone's saying you gotta have you know a very catchy hook you gotta have lyrics that speak Mm. to people I'm thinking like but the artists I love don't do that they they just Mm. create soundscapes and have very driving rhythms beneath them and then they they do something else with sound and those are always that's always been the kind of stuff I've been into and it's again it's Mm. more of this internal kind of dialogue that happens within me that the artist kind of just facilitates you know it's uh it's uh allowing you to reflect 
um, yourself outwards. I mean, that's certainly, I think of it almost as a form of, it's something that engages a part of your mind and then it allows the rest of you to wonder. That's certainly what I like and, mm-hmm. and to wonder in the sense of wandering around and to experience wonder and mm-hmm. transcendence. It's almost um, primordial but, in some ways too because I've experienced it yeah, in a number sure. of different genres from something as simple as seeing a jazz band do their thing and seeing everyone kind of communicate and I kind of internalize what's going on. And then on the mm-hmm. other end, I mean, another genre that I kind of fell into professionally was techno. Uh, I met Richie Houghton through, you know, just doing various marketing campaigns. I ended up working with him for like five years, something like that. And I always joked that, you know, techno, house and techno kind of adopted me because it was never kind of my genre. But I I fell into that world because I was working on marketing with with some of the top uh, European techno artists. And I ended up touring with them, living in Ibiza for three, three different summers and putting on all these events with them. And then that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> it, it, it was. It got it got monotonous after a while. Though, I, I do I do yeah. have to admit. But, but what's kind of cool is that the, my first introduction was this tour called the Control Tour, which was an educational tour. We stopped in different cities in North America, and we always did a, a panel at various colleges about the the origins of electronic music, the history of electronic music, bring some of the key people into it, and then we would close you know the whole program by having a, a club show at night. And like the running gag was like I was learning too. Like I was firsthand sitting front row learning all this stuff from all the dudes coming back on the bus, continuing the stories and kind of getting thrown into it. And then again, it wasn't really my genre per se. I was into trance as a kid. I mean, weren't we all? I definitely had a phase of that. But but seeing techno at first, I definitely had a bias of like, well, this is just repetitive kick, you know, two and four kick drum snare. But I did eventually really pick up the nuance of having like that setting of a dark club, like really boomy bass sounds, you know, being mm. around all these different people who are kind of on the same wavelength in one way or another, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, and also yeah, just yeah. having the uh, different different things move you like build, anticipation, suspense, delivery, like just pure rhythm, you know, repetition mm. that kind of puts you in this yeah, in this kind of trance that really makes you move. And, and no lyrics are needed. And the only lyrics that you might hear would be mm. like a vocal sample of like two words looped you know chopped up but loop but something about instrumental stuff has always just kind of pulled me right back i think it's about self-forgetting you know and um the moment of self-forgetting in that environment you're able to be completely one with the room or with the sound and it does return you to something um something there and i think you know you're your music um, does, like you say, unlock something within yourself and allows that to just be and to flow.
I don't know. I just had this idea of like I want to make an alternative version of the song that people clearly already like, but I want to just lift it in the clouds a bit. You know, I wanted to kind of leave Earth. <laughs> you know, I kind of wanted to just look above above the clouds and, and look around. And and also, I don't know why I had this vision of of being with someone else, not necessarily like a lover or you know some, anything like that. Nothing like a romantic notion, but you're just with someone else. And I guess. I kind of accidentally came across this feeling of like you're with me, you know, like you are alone. Especially given the context of the song, it was released right when lockdown kind of kicked in. So it is, mm-hmm. you know, a victim of, of the naming scheme of the of that era. Um, mm-hmm. But it did have kind of this double meaning of like you're in the clouds with me. Like I'm already, I'm here. I'm in the clouds. Like that's that's mm-hmm. kind of my music writing process. I am not classically trained at all. I am 100% self-taught in, in everything. You know, I know the basics of, you know, music theory only by feel. Like the way I make music is is not, you know, here's a C major. I'm going to kind of play around in C major. I literally just walk around the keyboard until something mm-hmm. feels right and I want to keep that good feeling going. That's that's the only mm-hmm. way I can kind of put it. So, I'm already kind of I found myself like in the clouds so to speak already with that song and the whole goal was just to make you feel closer to me. I felt like the original track was, you know, it was fully produced. It had like drums and synths and you know, it was kind of like booming at you a little bit. Whereas this mm-hmm. one, I kind of wanted to take all that away and then just bring someone with me, you know, up high and make you feel like you've escaped the planet for a little bit. And I gently bring you back down towards the end. Perhaps it's because there's no words, but I was getting quite strong, profound images mm. doing that. And the image I had was um, of floating up in the clouds, like we said. And then there's that bit where you have the really kind of fast little mm. um, little trills of the fingers and it felt like rain oh, you cool. know like the release of the release of rain and like you said suspense and then this reflection of the world after rain afterwards mm. um, and I think that's something that uh, rain is kind of this release you know being released from a certain situation or a state of mind and it felt yeah it kind of builds up for that and then you have the rain and afterwards it kind of settles and there's something something else there cool see this is what i live for yeah i mean even the name um rizik is well it's my mom's maiden name but upon some further research in arabic and i'm of palestinian descent so you know we speak arabic mm-hmm. in the home uh it loosely translates to the word blessing and mm-hmm. aside from being you know a unique name that i i didn't see any other artists have and it being you know a little more marketable than my full name hisham dahoud it's not quite the most marketable name especially in north america plus like if you google me you're going to see just marketing and business and like i just don't want i don't want to see that that's like my past life i guess you yeah, can say sure. uh whereas rizik I, I do like the idea of it standing for something beyond me the person you know like I, i've mm-hmm. always appreciated the nuances in in these pseudonyms for for people but also it makes it beyond me like anyone can kind of latch on to the rizik brand if you will in that regard but yeah it loosely translates to the word blessing and then just from my own personal journey like i got into the music industry because i was a musician but coming from traditional you know middle eastern parents education 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 uh <laughs> and i had to continue going to to college and I, you know, I went to good schools right out of high school but i was just playing music the whole time and skateboarding and having a great time in southern california um but i kind of compromised with my mom like look i'll study like marketing but i'll get like a music industry job to kind of apply that to right just to kind of put her at ease a little bit meanwhile the secret plan was like yeah i'm still gonna be a musician but uh but the music marketing really lured me in because my first real gig was with an artist that i I idolized dj shadow you know he was Mm -hmm. from the bay area and i ended up doing digital marketing for him you know managing his myspace page like way back Mm -hmm. in the day before social media marketing was really a thing and it was it was great to be around like the big leagues like right out the gate like i said i was touring with richie houghton and all these dudes like for three years like straight like right away and i guess that really kind of kept me in the field of course making consistent money was cool our company was doing a lot of revolutionary things like it was just really cool to be in the music industry but i definitely fell out of sight of like what i wanted to do the whole time uh i was still doing the band thing here and there but i mean i was clearly just enjoying the the marketing side of it which you know was enjoyable up until a point when you know the company got acquired and we had to start being a service providing kind of company and then yeah the pandemic really just kind of put things in perspective because i was just burnt out from social media marketing and digital marketing i mean the space to me in general is not interesting anymore like back in the day when it was 
you know, artists were really being able to to communicate with their fans and own the data and build businesses. And, you know, social media was quite revolutionary in that regard. But, you know, now all the platforms kind of feel the same. They do the same. They look the same. It's it's a race to the to the middle. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not nearly as um, impactful as, as it was in, in, in my time when I was kind of coming up in the, those early digital marketing days. So I was already kind of getting bored of the space anyway. And again, I, I just kind of reached this point where I'm 33 now. And like, if there was ever time to do it uh mm-hmm. now's the time to do it but with that comes its own set of insecurities like oh my god is it sure. too late is this some boyhood fantasy what am i doing here am i even any good and then of course yeah. you have this internal like i gotta hurry up i'm so behind all these years i spent doing marketing i could have been so <laughs> much further now like i have all these insecurities man you yeah. know that's that's i will not ever shy away from that like it's 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 very there the imposter syndrome thing we're talking about a little bit I mean, mm-hmm. it definitely helped that to know that people stream my music so much. That, that's definitely cool. But, you know, again, you're a musician. Like, you know how it is. You have an ear. You know what mm-hmm. you want to hear. You know the quality, yeah, the emotional quality, the sonic quality. Like, you just know you have an ear for it. And if your mm-hmm. hands aren't quite meeting your ear, if you will, like, there's this big frustration. Uh, and I know that paralyzes a lot of people. A lot of people won't even put music out because it's not quite to their to their standard yet. But something does happen that when you do release music and you see people react to it, whether a little, a lot, whatever, it's, it's different now that it's officially out. You've released it from yourself. You know, you've released mm-hmm. it. And now you're able to mm-hmm. kind of jump off from that and just keep moving on, keep moving on. And, and allowed it to rain, the clouds to, to rain down. Totally. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's kind of where this whole process has, has been for me in that regard. It's cathartic that like, you know, I could die, you know, God willing, knock on wood, uh, you know, relatively soon and still be like, you know what? I did it. Like, I, at least I'm full on. I'm fully committed. I'm doing this thing, whether it's, you know, production gigs, which I get, you know, people do hire me for production stuff because they hear me on Spotify, you know, and they want me to make music for their stuff. I'm like, that's cool. That's the composer producer stuff. But again, don't be derailed. You know what you want to do. You want to make your own stuff and you want to perform and you want to get out there and, and have your own kind of artist career. So, mm-hmm. and I know it's a long journey and I know it's stupid. If you think about it from a, from a financial standpoint, it's not it's not a good business idea, you know. But at the same time, like it it is what it is. It's one of those things I cannot not yeah. do. I tried running away from it for ten years, and here I am, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 as you say, it's something that came out of being forced to have a bit of perspective as well. Absolutely, sure, I mean, a number of factors, you know, age and uh, this un unrelenting thing inside of you, the going, you need to do this, um, and and the the massive one of of this pandemic just being like stop you know and and i think we all have been living under this impression that faster is better faster let's go faster mm-hmm. let's make things faster let's make the internet faster let's you know drive faster move faster and uh and then it's like nope nope you can't go fast anymore and i think there was whiplash from that oh, it's certainly wow. hard yeah. you know but i think like, there's been so much awful stuff from it you know but but i think it, for for many of us i think it's a chance to reflect and and to take it slow and and in that it it allows you to reflect you're forced to reflect on some of the difficult stuff but for i mean in your case for example there's this might be this little nagging voice which is like almost unpleasant because you're like it's questioning what i what i'm doing you know and you're trying to suppress it but actually if you listen to that voice there's kind of something to say there and you know part of you maybe in the subconscious knows what you really want um but but it's a it's hard to listen to that sometimes there's so much noise there's so much speed yeah and you've i've been conditioned to it like my parents were you know i love my parents but they they just want to see what's best for me and their notion of musicians are the guys you know playing guitar begging for change like that's that's what it is you know and they don't understand there is this kind of middle class musician you know that also does exist i don't have to be a like a multi-millionaire rock star like if i can just live every day come to the studio make what i want to make i'm doing it you know but you know there have been nights where I've just laid I've laid down in bed and just and legitimately cried just like what am I doing well I know what I want I'm not doing it and you just mm-hmm. kind of have that fear notion like everyone's and also just it's been beaten into you like the arts are secondary have fun but do not focus on them you know that's mm-hmm. always kind of been beaten into my brain and I'm not alone in this I know like so many people can relate to that obviously but there's it does require a bit of faith and in, in beyond just the faith of quote unquote making it i do have this faith of like you know what i'm going to pursue this thing full on whatever happens 
it's going to lead me to a place where I will still be happy, whether I'm a full-time artist, whether I end up managing an artist. Like, I don't know. But like, mm-hmm. I have to do this to get where I know I'm supposed to be. And it doesn't, life doesn't, I have to restart. <laughs> I have yeah. to restart if, if I just didn't do this all the way. And I, you just have the faith in like, we'll just see where it takes, you know, but I just put my best yeah. into it like I do anything else and, and we'll just see what happens. Yeah, there's a Terence McKenna quote, uh, which I think is, to paraphrase, nature loves courage. And the, what he talks about is that if you take the leap into the void with with courage you know you you will be caught you will find somewhere and actually the more you do that the more leaps of faith you take the more you realize that you will be caught you know i think that's something that the first time you do it the first time you take a leap of faith you know it's 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 scary but the more you get used to it you think actually you know the best things they always require that because that faith is is essential to any any kind of living it's mm-hmm. not just about a big leap into something like music you know to to have faith in in people and to to trust in in the world i think that we we uh the idea of having some kind of inherent faith in other people or in the world and and your dreams and that kind of thing is seen as almost naive mm, you know? it is it is again it's yeah. like punished it's like you know you don't think mm. like that you know one of my favorite movies was is the never-ending story and i haven't seen that <laughs> in a long time up until a couple of days ago and then i'm not gonna lie man when i was watching that i was getting very emotional particularly when georgia moroto's magnificent score uh kept playing over certain scenes but just like yeah the whole crux of it is that this kid his even his dad just like hey man like you gotta put your feet to the ground like stop living in the trees you know stop living in the clouds <laughs> yeah. like stop dreaming basically right and that's the whole purpose if, if you've not seen the film please go see it but the whole premise <laughs> is is film. fantasia you know fan, which ironically <laughs> yeah. is actually the name of my next single uh but fantasia this idea if this dream where it's a land where of human dreams and it's being eroded because you know people aren't believing and they're not following their dreams anymore as cliche as that is mm-hmm. uh and and the, so the road is getting eroded. Uh, the world is getting eroded. And as a kid, I didn't really understand that. I was just like, this is a cool story with cool effects and great music. I love it. But now after watching it as an adult, after not watching it for at least more than a decade, like, I don't know why it really struck a chord with me. I'm like, oh, maybe all the stuff was instilled in me subconsciously. And I didn't even know it at the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's so, that's fascinating, actually. I mean, the that is something we lose um dreams and fantasy and uh it's like you grow up and you want you're told things should be more and more real and then we kind of reduce the world to what can be known and let go of mystery and we let go of dreams because you know they're practical and they're not practical and they're, they're childish you know but i think if we keep on reducing life to until all we get is mechanics and we we lose any sense of dreams and fantasy and spirit we lose also meaning mm-hmm. and and you know things become repetitive they and without meaning i think you know life i don't know what i mean what is it what is it for it can become it can become so procedural um and you don't have to i don't think that life needs to have a single meaning because Imagine how boring life would be if you were like, this is the meaning of life and you've got to do this. Yeah, or every day you woke up and had some overlord, like, welcome back to day 3097 of Earth. Well, don't forget, here's what you got to do today. Like, that would kill the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) But I think, you know, that, like what I was saying with making those images out of your music, um, that we all have the capacity to make meaning. And in fact, you know, at the very base level, when I'm talking, when I'm seeing colors, I am making meaning. I, I, might, I have an interpretive consciousness, and yet that meaning-making capacity is is not something that we necessarily venerate because that's what that's what art is. It's just uh, it's just the the deep end of meaning-making of imagination, making Ooh, images. Love that, love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and that's something that we need to celebrate more, you know, because I think. In, in without that and I think we see now so much meaninglessness particularly with the internet people feeling desensitized mm-hmm. disillusioned disenfranchised disparate you know the things that that bring you back to that place of meaning and fulfillment and feeling like you're living I think are 
that it's to do with it's to do with dreams and transcendence and elevation. Yeah, and, and that doesn't mean that the physical world is not important. It, it absolutely is, but it's not the only thing. You know, it yeah. really took me doing this to kind of understand that. Um, yeah. Here's what I mean by that: like as I was as I've had this 12 year marketing career, which I'm still loosely involved with. I still look after one artist. His name's Tom Hockenborg, also known as Junkie Excel, as a film composer. Uh, the most recent movies were Godzilla vs Kong, Justice League, the Zack Snyder Cut, but he's did Mad Max, Deadpool. I mean, he he had an artist career as well. He he actually has the career that I'm kind of like modeling what I'm want to do, which is that he was an electronic performer. He was in a DJ, though he keeps getting called a DJ, but he was a live performer that a hell of a run uh, did remixes for some of the biggest artists, and then at a certain point, he's like, you know, I kind of want to score films, and then now he mm-hmm. stays home, he works from home, and makes a lot of money doing that. Uh, but that being said, you know, the the marketing side of it. For, for the long period of time, towards the, the second half of it, I began teaching a lot. I was teaching at a school uh, here in Los Angeles called Icon Collective, which is a very renowned school for electronic producers, very young producers, mostly in like the bass, EDM, dubstep, trap scene. Uh, and I was teaching them marketing, and I, I know I was I was helping them per se, right? And they definitely viewed me as this expert. But I, I to be honest, I looked at a lot of them like I'm jealous of you guys. Like, first of all, I would have loved to come to a school like this when I was 18, when I was 19. And again, just the whole what if? Like, where would I be if I actually said, you know, mom, dad, like I'm not going to traditional college. I, I kind of want to go to a music school of some kind. You know, like, so I was initially jealous of them and I I would have all these principles that I would teach them about content marketing and social media and analytics and building a digital ecosystem, which is what I've been paid to do for 10 years for some of the biggest artists in the world. However, now that I'm in this room making music myself and I have to communicate my value and I have to acquire fans and all these things, so many of like these principles that I, that I was teaching about just fall flat because I just you don't know what it's like to to have to create music and and to have things like writer's block kind of kick in or like just having the insecurities of your stuff being good or not like pumping out content you look at social media and you're like well I just have to keep making funny videos of me like playing piano or like finding some viral video and then playing drums over it because that's what's getting people noticed right now you know or I have to, I have this pressure I have to keep pumping my feed pump my feed with content but I'm like I, I don't want to do that right now because sometimes I'll come in here and I'll have that mindset of like oh I'm going to record a video. It's going to be super cool. And I look back and I'm like, that's three hours of my day here. Just like making a video for Instagram, just to get a few likes and stuff, just to pump the content out. You know, like it's all these marketing things that they just, they fall flat when you are the artist yourself and you, you have to struggle kind of being authentic with yourself, but also feeding the machine. You know, like that's, that's been a huge revelation of, of kind of going through this. And again, when you're, when you're a marketer and you have clients, you have deadlines, you have projects, you have deliverables, you feel like you did things. There are some days I come in here and I work my ass off and I'm, I'm doing all these things. I walk out, I'm like, did I accomplish anything? Did I even get anything done? You know, like you just feel the sense of like, oh. I guess I'm not that good. And, you know, with marketing, I had retainers every month. I got a fee. As an artist, it's like, well, I'll get Spotify money. That's cool. The occasional merch purchase. And then, oh, like every couple of months, a nice production, you know, fee comes in for something. And then it's down, you know. (laughs) And then, of course, you know how it is as a musician. You're like, well, I really need a stage piano, don't I? Mm, And then I'm going to need some cool cables for it. And I'm going to need, you know, a drum machine now. Like all the money keeps going back into your vision, right? Like at this point, like I have a vision of what needs to be built but it's it's also like well how do you measure against the income coming in because an artist's income is very sporadic you know like it's just, this one year has taught me so much about things i thought i knew about but until you're doing it yourself man like again i look at some of these managers marketers agents who are telling artists what to do online on youtube on instagram but i'm now i'm of this mindset of like dude unless you're in here you, you just don't fully understand you really don't yeah yeah, I mean, I have to say all the, the, the social media stuff is, I don't know, I mean, I, I've kind of gone the other way where I've actively been been trying to avoid it and then recently um, kind of been understanding it. and it's interesting, it is interesting, but, you know, talking about meaning and abstraction, you know, part of the reason the internet can be desensitizing is because it's inherently abstract and it, it it's like we are increasingly detaching and detaching and detaching from the essence of of living because mm-hmm. the essence of living is uh 
It's spontaneous. It's not structured through language or images or numbers or likes. You know, it's it's like things are more processed. Um, and to achieve certain results, optimizing, maximizing, utilitarianly working out variables. I mean, analytics like you talked about, right? And and there's something that I think is, you know, it's it's inherently at odds with the spontaneous creativity and it's, so it's it's in it's interesting and 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 i think great for not that you've left that behind necessarily but for you to find that that almost this the wellspring of music inside you that needs to come out right mm-hmm. kind of breaking through that that um yeah i mean we, we can go on about social media and what it's really done to a number of different things but yeah, yeah. It, it is interesting because i took a break too i took a break for like six months just like no social media like nothing at all and it yeah. was it was nice, but I also I felt it. I felt like out of sight, out of mind, you know. And like you gotta like somehow incorporate it to just to kind of feed the machine because it is a necessary evil in terms of uh, the way I look at it right now. But it it is definitely something that I think is a net negative. I mean, in some ways, it's definitely done a lot of things to connect people, etc. But like for what it's really done to just. I don't even want to get into it right now. But it's 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 uh, something yeah. that like is, I have a very interesting relationship with because. I came about in the music industry, again, from San Francisco, right place, right time, where social media did me wonders, right? By managing MySpace pages, by being at the... I was literally teaching some re- like really big artists how to use Twitter, how to use Instagram. And I was kind of seen as that whiz kid from San Francisco. Let's bring him on tour. Let's bring him to Ibiza. Let's bring him to Berlin. You know, like, it was cool. I, I really did enjoy that. That wasn't really my what I initially meant out to do. And I really was an advocate for social media and the power it can have. And then just as I've got a little older and I've just kind of witnessed what it's done to me in terms of addiction and, you know, everyone else around me and just this, mm-hmm. the falsehood that it does present. And, of course, just the constant comparison we have with ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm making music in this room and then Instagram feeds me the seven-year-old who's just a virtuoso. I'm like, well, I suck. Give up. There's no yeah, point. Sure. You know, like, like it's just that's just not healthy. And then the constant demands just to feed video content as preferred must be in a four by five format constantly post three times a week, tell the story, et cetera. It's like, dude, I I just want to make music. That's it. I just want to make music. If you like it, come hang out at the show. Appreciate it. You know, like I've really gone the other way and it's almost how like I do feel both sides of my brain now at odds with one another because I, the other day I was like, oh crap. I mean, you're into this. I haven't even set up a Facebook pixel on my, on my website and the marketer means like shame on you. How could you do that? Let's go about and look into Facebook. And I swear that I was in the Facebook business manager and I just felt icky. I was like, now I know why people paid me to do this. Like they did, they, you know, I was always advocating like, oh, you should be your own marketer of own, do all these things yourself because you can, but, and and, in a way that's true, but man, I was leaving a very giant part of the equation out of it, which is, oh yeah, and make amazing music. Like that's, Mm. that's a whole, that's, that is the full-time thing. You know, so yeah, as I move forward, people ask me, oh, so aren't you like glad you have all this marketing background and can apply it to your own stuff? I'm like, dude, I'm still going to hire people. Like I, yeah. I, I do not want to focus on this stuff all day. I'm glad to outsource this stuff. Well, I mean, in in the opposite end, I'm glad that people doing what you do kind of exist because uh, it's great that I don't know. It's great to it's great to have uh, have that, and you need that balance. Of course, you do. Um, I'm, I mean, talking about dreams, I I know I'm inherently a, a dreamer, and you need to have practical practical things. But you know, it's about meeting the middle, and and I think. For a long time, I was, you know, chasing the dream. I wanted to live in the clouds and the mountains. And the only downside I saw to chasing, chasing the high, I mean, in whatever sense that is, you know, was that you had to come down. And I thought if I mm. could be in the clouds, if I could, you know, be in this beautiful fantasy, heightened reality, ecstatic, overwhelming, transcendent time experience, that's what it's about. And then... I kind of reached a place where, I don't know, through my meditation practices and through things I've learned about myself, like I, I was, I felt, and being spending time alone, I felt able to, to settle there. And what I realised is that actually, you know, the mountaintop's great and there's a great view, but nothing grows up there. Mm. You know, it's very heady, and and I think I feel like I've been coming back more and trying to meet that practical world. Um, but you know, trying to bring something down from the mountain, and and you've got this music which is you know elevated this this particular song, right? A panorama perspective, and uh, so you know may, maybe that's uh, the reason it's resonated with people. It's a reflection of that 
that looking to get up in the clouds yeah. away from you know on a related stuff. note you know something you mentioned earlier it kind of stuck with me because um but back in like my 20s when i was you know the mega dreamer mega dreamer like manifest it and it will come like leave this great university and go play drums just do it things are gonna happen and then yeah reality hit up like wait no one's hiring session drummers wait plugins can do what Ooh, ooh. and then you come to la you're like i'm not competing with that guy from that gig like okay like you know, definitely got grounded but in my early 20s though i you know something happened uh, last week i was at a, a dinner party uh, one of the first of first of i think the whole year uh since everyone got vaccinated and whatever so we went to, went to a dinner party and something very interesting happened where flash you know flashback maybe like 10 years 13 years when i was in my 20s and i was like oh, i'm gonna be a musician i'm gonna pursue music and i like i thought it was like really cool like that was always kind of the thing too for music for me because i was i was not cool as a kid but when i started playing music in, in metal bands and stuff all of a sudden i was hanging out with like what i thought were the coolest kids in school uh and, and from and from different schools so I always kind of had this, like, I was banking off the cool factor, the prestige, I guess, perceived prestige of being a musician. Like, yeah, like, I, I want I, I want everyone to know. I want everyone to know that I chose this path, right? And I was kind of banking off something I haven't really accomplished yet, you know, or I wasn't even really doing, like, full-on doing, you know? And then now, like, last week, I go to this dinner party, and I don't know, maybe it's the pandemic, because I'm still getting used to being social again, but I was very insecure. I was like, when someone asked about my music, I was almost, I almost had this alarm bell, like, oh my God, change the subject, change the subject, do not talk mm -hmm. about the music. And I don't know if it's, it's not that I'm like not proud of it, just to me, again, like we were saying about that ear, like it's it's not where I want it to be per se, you know, mm -hmm. it, it may never be, by the way, it may never be, but like I was looking at this person, like you're an engineer at Mercedes, you're the coolest guy in the room, <laughs> you know, like you have a, you, you work for a big company, wow, like again, maybe because now I'm in my 30s, not my 20s. But just mm. seeing back that, seeing these people now, I have that insecurity of like, do they think I'm just you know messing around over here? I'm just some kid. I'm a boy. I'm still playing with my toys. Like, mm. it's it's just a very interesting thing. There's a great book called The Artist Way. I don't know if you've heard of it, but yeah. it's 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 a, like a 12 week kind of program in a, in a book, and it really like dispels and helps you kind of get over these these blocks that really you know a lot of artists feel. And when I was reading this one about the shame, like it's oh the a lot of artists feel the shame of being an artist. When I first read. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, this is what I wanted to do. This is the best thing ever. But then that was the first time last week when I actually experienced it. Like, oh, I do have this like weird innate shame. Again, from conditioning of parents and society and culture. Like, it's mm -hmm. no, if you're a musician, you're a dreamer. You're, you're not realistic. Yeah, you're playing yeah. with your toys. It was the first time where like shame kicked in as an artist. And I found that fascinating. Yeah. I definitely, I mean, I'm, so my mom's Chinese, Chinese background. Um, and when my parents have, been very supportive and my family's been supportive you know um certainly relatively to what other asian parents uh, other asian people have experienced their parents but you know I, I was oxford um i went there because i could and it was expected and that was never you know a question but in talking of leaving university and just jumping out into the unknown like that's what i did um and whether or not there was definitely an element of dream and you know there it, of things not being quite real and not practical but you know I'm glad and that was my first leap of faith and I've, I've made other ones since then and you know uh, I, I didn't yeah, I didn't know what I was doing but that thing of shame oh my god I, I know that <laughs> Can so, <only> imagine. <laughs> so well because because it was like because I was you know 19 20 and I guess people kind of think, oh, it's a phase, you know, you'll go traveling yes. and play music. Yes. But then after a few years, it's like you're in your early 20s now. You're getting towards your mid 20s. Like, can you? And, and I had, I had um, the, the phrase, like, I am an artist, I'm a musician. I went to one of these uh, workshops, um, with, you know, it's probably the artist's way kind of thing. And the woman, said oh, what do you do and I said oh well I kind of make music but I also kind of do this and she was like just say I'm a musician I was like oh how funny so, you know exactly I, what I'm talking I'm about I'm an artist huh you know exactly what I'm talking about yeah yeah absolutely um and then I began to say it but what I actually found was then it became actually a burden because having been unable to say it then when I would say it then I would feel an insecurity I would see other people who are like musicians and it, and I realized that it was what I began to realize was it was the my definition of what being a musician was and the weight of that word and that definition you know and I think talking we talked about numbers and we talked about words being at odds with creativity and I think that I felt 
the burden of that word, of that definition, so much that it, it hmm. really it crushed a lot of creativity for a while. And certainly there was no lot of shame there. Yep, I can relate. I thought it'd be freeing. Like, first of all, I never. I hate, someone asked me like, so. You're a musician. Oh, like, so do you stuff for like commercials and brands? And then it's like, how do I answer this question without sounding like pompous? Like, no, I'm a uh, recording artist. Oh, God, that sounds so pompous. Uh, uh, no, I, you know, like, like how do you? It, yeah, in a way, it's kind of like, like locking you down. And, you know, I've had this problem for a long time when someone would introduce me in a room for a client stuff. Like, oh, this is Hisham. Is our social media guy? I'm like, really? That's it? That's what you look at me as? Like all the things I do for you that are just general in the marketing and digital space and branding? I'm your social media guy. Or like, this is Hisham, he's a musician. Like, I mean, yeah, but like, really? That's it? That's all you're going to label me as? You know, like, I have always had this thing about, like, labels and titles and stuff. And But, yeah, yeah. like, the it's it's still, I, I will admit, it's still not fully comfortable to say, yes, yeah, I'm an artist. Because something about it to me does sound kind of like, mm-hmm, I'm an artist. Yeah, no, sure. You know, but I mean, I'm, I'm happy to say I'm a musician. But then that yeah. comes with its own insecurities of, like, well, am I a good one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, I think for me, I, I had that thing of I'm when I thought I'm a musician, you know, that was definitely a a weight. But what I began to realise is, you know, that I've I guess you know, diversifying. Like I, I've always been someone who has lots of interests, and that seemed like a disadvantage when mm-hmm. my friends who were proper musicians, as I perceived it, were practicing five hours a day and getting yes. went to Berkeley, etc. Yeah, right, right. Um, but then I began to realise, okay, well, my talent is my what I'm good at or like my my area of expertise isn't just music it's the it's bringing together the poetry and then you know the the podcast the the performing and and the other things that I do um and and so I I kind of the thing I say now is I say I'm a creative freelancer cool. artist because <laughs> I do I do like you know all my all my projects are artistic um poetry film project and that kind of thing but but there that's actually and I feel like now I think of it, it's so obvious, but that's unlocked my music in a whole new way because I can say, when people ask me what do you do, it's like, okay, I have I have a job, right? I have, you know, I have a stable job and actually gradually having committed to that, the music that I'm making is, that's, that's opening up, opening up more opportunities, mm. it's opening up more creativity than myself. So, I mean, yeah, language, the pressure of expectation... They're, they're, and that also brings us full circle to the imposter complex, the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, which, and it and it's it's crazy. I, I think language, that language, which is just words and ideas, can have such a powerful effect on yep. us. Yep. You know, that's that's madness because they're just words, and yet. In so many ways, our lives are dictated by words and definitions. Yeah, man. Especially things. over time, you know. Especially over the course of time, yeah. when like I've been this marketing guy for so, for so long in the music industry that like you think like who's going to believe all of a sudden I'm an artist now, you know, or something like that. And like that's always been a challenge, is kind of overcoming that preconceived notion of of myself. And another way to kind of put it is like when I'm 20. You know, I'm still in college and I'm looking around. I'm like, well, I can do anything. The sky's the limit. I'm 22. Anything can happen. Now at 33, actually at 32, so 10 years full circle, uh, when I started this, I was like, it's like you, you reach the fork in the road and the road you're on, you spend a good amount of time like paving, putting uh, cement. You have now you've earned yourself some, a nice, good suspension, some nice some tires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like you've spent 10 years. Yeah. Your road is pretty smooth. And if you look ahead, it's like the road is pretty much like flat it's like all right well it's yeah. pretty much like straight there's a hill there i guess but where's it going and you just see this kind of like, like a, a city with very uniform buildings like everything mm-hmm. kind of looks the same and it's but it's a clear path you know like i mm-hmm. built it but mm-hmm. all of a sudden i've decided to like you know will into existence this other path which mm-hmm. is is completely from scratch right it's yeah. full of weeds and i gotta take the machete it out and like and kind of cut it down but i can kind of see in the distance like that 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 world looks a lot. That city that it's going to looks a lot more interesting than that one. And, uh, and the fact know. that you can't see it is is part of the appeal, right? Because again, so coming back to dreams and fantasy and magic and mystery, that's what that's what gives us motivation and meaning. You know, what is it that's just beyond the hill? You know, what does that song mean? Where am, when I look down the clouds, what is that? You know, and and that curiosity. Um, I can, I can, I can I can totally see that the idea of the road looking forward in the road ahead and and the fact that it's wavy and hidden that's that's exciting 
I do have this vision, or rather, I hear this vision. I feel this vision, like of music I know I can make. Right? I know. I don't know what genre it is per se, but I just know there is this emotional thing that I can produce that I've not quite reached yet, and that's what I'm working towards. And I know that I I will get the most by sharing it because again, in bands, I just loved playing live. I mean, I would always transform. You know, I, I become a different person almost on stage, and not because I was trying to, because of that crowd energy, man, and that confidence of playing the drums, and just like I know I am moving people, that power. I am, I am moving people with my sticks right now, my drum set, and I want to kind of recreate that same kind of confidence, right? That's what that's what I really had on stage was all of a sudden this confidence came rushing in. You know, and that's kind of what I'm working towards to build with my live set right now. Although I'm very unconfident yeah. with it because considering it's some days I'm in here and all it is, is just like, why isn't this cable working? What is going on? Why isn't this turning on? You know, any well, musician listening The word, the word confidence that. comes, literally means with faith. Con, con is with and fide is faith. Ooh. So you're, yeah, having faith in what you do and, and, and being, when you're on stage and the music isn't you, it's coming through you, you know, you're, you're illuminated, like you say, with that, with that faith and that, you know, unknown. Um, and, and just coming back to that idea, which really struck me about the known and the unknown, you know, the source of life is unknown, right? And uh, the unknown is primary. Everything that we know is derived from the unknown. Mm-hmm. Everything that we know now, whether and everything you have now, was once unknown. It was once mysterious. And, and in every sense, you know, the source of our lives, the, the immediate, spontaneous experience, is unknown. And then we we make sense out of it, right? We make it known. And if you try to live always only in the known, and you never, you stop allowing yourself to. One be in wonder mm. to let your mind wander and to be in wonder and awe at the unknown. Then, then you lose some of that magic, and and I, I think that's you know that's something that I can hear reflected in your music and and the fact that it connects with people. You know, it's it it's about I hear something about breaking breaking free or rising above or, or something there's there's a there's a liber- liberation is the word i'm looking for yeah there's a, that, there's a liberation the, in that song the confidence breakdown you just mentioned is, is actually particularly powerful just just kind of hearing that because like i will like i said i'm not classically trained but when i when i play music i'm just looking for that moment when i feel like a little bit out of body because i know like these are all just transportation vessels this organic matter these bodies that we have like i know there's mm. there's more to it that's only yeah. without getting too heady there's just, there's more to it and anyone who thinks they know what's going on it, it's beyond our feeble brains to understand mm-hmm. so i'm just looking for chords melodies emotions progressions etc that make me tap into that just temporarily and if I do, hopefully someone else will too. Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's that shared, the shared unknown, the shared source, and and coming right back to when we we started and talking about um, instrumental music, having that connection and kind of transcending the the matter mind meaning making process, and and it kind of draws from the same wellspring of the unknown of the mysterious of the the mystery that that I think is. Something that's that a good point. I never kind of thought of it that way. I mean, I, I do know artists who sing about abstract things, and you know, I obviously apply meaning to it, but maybe that's what it is. Maybe like lyrics don't really appeal to me per se because they're very of this earth. You know, when I see when I see people like complain about like their I don't know about status or just you know people buying Gucci bags and you know all these I don't know to me it's like oh how feeble like that's just of this earth. You're such like an earthling. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I just, I kind of often joke with friends, like, you know, I'm 33 years old. Probably this is thanks to the internet, but like, Earth, hmm, I'm good. What else we got? You know, like, I kind of want to see what else is going on. Like, the way, the way cultures have, you know, we're we're similar in many ways, also very different in many ways, too. But I don't know, especially living in Los Angeles, by the way. I'm surrounded by consumerism and just all the shit. Like, you know, that's also why I hate social media. Like narcissism, my God, it's so of this earth. So that's mm. kind of also why I've chosen this, man, because I can just exist in a realm where I feel things that take me out of it temporarily. Mm. Mm. And I think, I mean, the, the the ultimate thing, and this is what I hope I'm trying to find, is to find, you know, that which is I guess, transcendent or, you know, I've lived my life very much in that way of trying to seek to be above things, right? And and now it's like I'm coming back to Earth, but I'm trying to find that transcendent thing within. 
because I know it exists within myself and with my in my experiences. I know that, but it's it's hard. To, it's hard. It's hard to unlock that. But it's like cracking the atom. If you can do it, there's an immense wellspring of power and creativity. You know, if you find that within within the material, within the real world, so to speak. Yeah, that's the journey I'm on. I've been up in the clouds. I've been down on the ground, and now I'm trying to find. I think we've had similar journeys. Yeah. I mean, in my yeah. teens and 20s, I was the dreamer. And then something happened, man, where I don't know, like the world just beat, beat it out of me. I, I got to be honest, like in many ways, it just kind of beat it out of me. And I, and I play my music here kind of like looking for that feeling again a little bit. And I, mm. I know it's there. Like, I mean, I just I just know it's there. And I have glimpses of it sometimes. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this before, but sometimes I'll be in the studio, especially when I'm using the live rig behind me. And then I'll have a moment. Something will happen that just makes me just like exclaim like, yes, just I'll just scream. Mm, yes. Tingles. And I'll clap and I, as though like I, I, I found gold or I struck something. Mm. I'm not necessarily like I found a hit. This is my hit song. No, just a moment occurred of like, there it is. That's it. Yeah, like that's, that's it. what I'm always fucking chasing, you know, constantly. Mm, mm, yeah, absolutely. Itness, itness. Mm-hmm. That there is the, the idea of it. And, and again, it because it's inherently nameless. Right. The moment you say, oh, it, this is it. Right, this is this is the moment. This is it. Totally. The moment you you begin to describe it, and you become to it becomes mundane. It becomes material. It comes off this world, so to speak. But you, you know, it's it, you're we're mine, like you said, we're mining for gold, and sometimes you strike a vein of gold, and it comes out. You know, but you know, we we are material as musicians. What we play is. In, it is ultimately mechanical, right? As a pianist, mm-hmm. you're hitting the notes, but you're trying to almost draw something out, and that—that's what I, you know, it's more like a well. You're, you're trying to, you're trying to draw out. You can wait for rain, right? You can, you can wait for rain, and it comes, and it's beautiful. But as an artist, you can't just always wait for rain. You need to find ways to dig in and find that water, which is the the, the source of life, right? That's creativity itself. That's consciousness itself, and find that within within and you mine it through technique and and these kind of you know things so it's i think that's yeah absolutely that's that's what we're trying to do we're trying to find water and without it life becomes dry it becomes you know it becomes repetitive and just just life is just about survival and reproduction Mm -hmm. but you know that that generative source of life is yeah that's kind of what we're looking for i think This podcast is made possible by Making Tracks, a life-changing music-making project delivered by leading youth arts providers Trinity, Basement Studios and Ace, and supported through funding by Youth Music using public funding from the National Lottery through Arts Council England. It's very personal to me because I've been a participant, a volunteer and a tutor. I'm really grateful to everyone who's made this podcast possible. Thank you for listening. I look forward to joining you next time on Making Tracks.